Welcome to A Dog Called Diversity, a podcast from the Culture Ministry, where we explore the themes of diversity, equity and inclusion through sharing stories of personal and powerful lived experiences, including how people have found their feet and developed their career in diversity and inclusion. We are so glad you are listening in. And if you need some help or support with your diversity and inclusion work, Go to www.thecultureministry.com for more information. In episode 74, we speak with Cheryl Rodriguez. Cheryl has always been interested in her health and caring for her body. It wasn't until she experienced a detached retina and lost vision in one eye that life changed quickly. Post-surgery, Cheryl discovered the healing properties of sound meditation and she was hooked. Listen in to hear her story and to enjoy a short meditation with Cheryl at the end. Here's your host, Lisa Mulligan. Today I'm really happy to welcome Cheryl Rodriguez to A Dog Called Diversity. We met because Cheryl came on my course at, towards the end of 2022 called Six Weeks to Get Started in Diversity and Inclusion. So we're going to talk about that a bit later, but Cheryl's a super interesting person. So welcome to the podcast firstly, Cheryl. Thank you, Lisa. It's great to be here. <laughs> yeah. And I thought Thanks I might. Invitation. <laughs> oh my goodness. No problem at all. I know that you're joining us from Hong Kong, but... Hong Kong is not necessarily where you grew up. So I wondered if you would talk just a little bit about maybe how you came to be in Hong Kong and a bit of your background. Sure. Yeah. So I'm um, originally from the US, from Texas. And um, forget about, I think, um, you know, my, my mom definitely was, was of that era or I'm from that era of you know women's movements women's rights and women can do things on their own and she really encouraged me to um just explore what I wanted to see or, or do or experience in my life on the on the flip side um for her, she was very disappointed when I left <laughs> to, to, to do that. <laughs> to, I have had that. I was thinking of my mum as you were talking. I grew up in a family where my mum and dad were like, you can do whatever you want in life as long as you're willing to work for it and you can be who you want to be and you can do what you want to do until I left Australia <laughs> to move to Singapore. Yeah, not happy. <laughs> it, it, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> You know, it's it's um, so that's why I mentioned it's good and bad because you know I, I grew up with with these ideas of of exploring and and as a female in in the US, I have to say, you know, I could I could I could do anything, I could try anything more so, I yeah. could try anything, and um, so when the opportunity first came up for me to um, well, when I was at uh, university, I started studying abroad. Uh, first in London for a few weeks and then in Spain while I was in graduate school for a few months and then I just thought oh I'm just this is this is it's amazing I'm gonna I'm gonna you know get um travel for a bit and and work while I was if I can and I was able to get a, a one-year working visa in the UK so I worked um in the UK I, I was actually was in the education, I studied education and had meant to um, go back to the US and, and you know, start teaching. But I 
kind of took a temporary job in in finance and I just was thinking photocopies. But as an American, <laughs> I was able to, you know, in a British culture, able to <laughs> stand out a little bit. Um, we were naturally Americans are a little bit more <laughs> than, than, than most cultures. So I worked there for almost a year and then I had the opportunity to move to Tokyo. And oh, wow. I, Worked in, lived in Tokyo for 10 years, which is from a diversity perspective, really amazing. And, and you know, it has its challenges, but um, very um, interesting to kind of be part of that um, diversity or, or in, interest in diversity. And then um, I moved to Hong Kong. So I've been here um, more than 15 years, wow. <laughs> 17 years, I think, 16 years. Um, and um, so since since that time in London or since that one year um, kind of um, break from university, I, I just stayed in the world of finance. And um, yeah, so here I am, <laughs> still working <laughs> in finance. And I do have a wellness side as well. And I've, I'm um, working in the wellness uh, I've got a, my own wellness, I guess you could say business or practice, or I'm a wellness sure. coach as well. Sure. I think over the past three years, definitely with COVID, uh, wellness and particularly mental health, mental wellness, where am I going with that, um, <laughs> has really become centre stage, particularly for organisations who are trying to manage groups of people and support them to be healthy and I found it really interesting in some organizations well-being comes underneath human resources or the people function and sometimes into the diversity and inclusion function if if one exists and sometimes it ends up in the 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 workplace health and safety function and Mm -hmm. we are seeing legislation change around the world that means that workplace safety legislation will also cover psychological safety which I think is something that's a a really good step forward your interest though in well-being I guess came from a personal experience and I wondered if you would talk a little bit about that Sure. Um, uh, I have always had an interest in wellness. Um, I've, I've been, um, since I was, um, I guess in university or, you know, always had a passion for fitness. So, you know, yeah. there was always, um, uh, a desire to, I, I always felt the positive effects of, of working out and, you know, as well, the physical effects, but also the, the, the mind and, and, and body combination. Uh, and then, um, through the years, at different times, but especially uh, around 2000, well, basically around 2017, I had a, a detached retina. So I had an unexpected surgery. And whether that was related to the stress or pressure of, of working in a, <laughs> uh, an environment like an investment bank, I, you know, I, I don't know, but it happened while I was working there. And um, uh, I actually, I should step back a bit. I was on a business trip two years before that, so around 2015, and I had popped into a yoga studio and um, decided to stay on for a sound meditation. And I really experienced some calmness that I hadn't experienced before, a relaxation, a sense of well-being, just a sense that that stress had just kind of melted away. And um, fast forward to 2017, I had the surgery unexpected, rushed to the hospital, had a surgery like 11 p.m. at night, 
and oh, wow. woke up in immense pain. My, my eye had been operated on. I'd lost my vision temporarily because of the surgery um, and couldn't take too much pain medication after I left the hospital. So I was in a lot of pain, to say the least, but also um, just my headspace <laughs> was all over the place yeah. and wasn't sure whether I'd get my vision back, um, had to rely on people. I, I just we take for granted you know our vision and it was it was much more of a challenge to be out and about only seeing out of one eye um that range of vision just was reduced and I I, and I was on medical leave and I just remembered that experience that I had in London when I went to a sound meditation and had that feeling of relaxation and, and calmness and um so I went to a session and I came out and I don't always like to say that sound healing can be or sound meditation can be a healing practice. I mean, it definitely can, but um, it helped to reduce the pain, reduce in my eye, the pressure, and it was consistent over a few times. So I, I just wanted to learn more about it and I wanted to be someone that I, that when I went back to ultimately went back to work that other stressed out colleagues, if they ever needed something to feel, you know, where they could just go and just kind of let the stress go. I wanted to be able to be someone who could offer that as a, as a, as a well-being offering basically. Yeah. So how have you gone from, I guess, having a, an incredibly scary experience of losing vision and learning that something helps, which was sound meditation. So how do you go from there to, how did you start, I guess, researching or discovering what that was all about? I should say I, I did get my vision back. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> it, took, it took about um, um, six weeks, I think, for my vision to come back. Um, wow. And um, so I studied with different teachers. There is a, a studio here, um, Red Doors, that offers training. And they also, pre-COVID, would bring over um sound healing masters whether it was singing bowls or gongs and uh tuning forks so I studied with a few of those um, teachers as well as um, others that came over with different studios and I also traveled outside of Hong Kong pre-COVID um to to <laughs> study with different teachers so I've studied um I probably studied about two years and I'm continuously studying as well <clears throat> oh wow how did you incorporate, I guess, your learnings about sound meditation throughout COVID? Like, were you able to use that during that time? Uh, absolutely. Uh, yes. I should say that, um, I mean, Hong Kong was, was quite fortunate that we weren't under complete lockdown, but we, but it was, it was still very, we've had different waves just like everywhere else um, and the same, same stresses as the rest of the world. But we, Hong Kong also had um, the protest, the so-called protest the year before um, yeah. COVID so, or the pandemic. So we actually came, came into the pandemic already stressed and anxious because these, these protests were having, were, were occurring, you know, in different parts of the city and impacted what we could or couldn't do, where we, where we could go, where we couldn't go, where it was safe. And towards the end, they, they did get a little, um, uh, Harry, and actually, some of my community um, session sound meditation started then. So I was working out of his studio, and then I began to offer 
meditations free to anyone who felt that they had been impacted by the protests and then later on COVID. So it didn't matter for me, you know, whether they could afford it or not, but it was trying to reach as many people as possible because those two incidences and life in general, <laughs> when we have those ups and down challenges that, that we have, all of us have to cope with, um, I just wanted to be a, a, a resource, free resource, so, you know, a, a resource that people could go to so that anybody who felt they were impacted could um, have a bit of mental kind of relaxation or a mental clearing of, of just a letting go of what was happening. Oh, wow. And how have you been able to incorporate what you've learned into the corporate environment? Because sometimes that it's very separated. The corporate environment is supposed to be very kind of data-driven, very fact-driven and things that can help our well-being are kind of at the other mm. end of the spectrum. So how have you been able to, I guess, bring those two things together? Sure. I think in different ways. Um one, uh, I have given uh, sessions to my team members. Just, you know, we are having a really <laughs> stressful time. It's just all, yeah. I've, I've booked a studio for us all to go, or I've brought my equipment in and given the team session, team a session. Um, and uh, at the same time, I'm not, uh, we, my, my colleague and I'm working on a project pre COVID, but at where I would, we would give, I would give sessions to, employees and I would also as a result give the same number of sessions to the community so I, I'm very much I'm very passionate about helping um, or providing um, wellness to uh, the underserved communities in Hong Kong and um, unfortunately that project didn't go ahead because of COVID we couldn't gather but the person who in HR who was working on this project or who was ultimately compiling all these different projects um she was also working on a global wellness uh, sorry a global learning week and she asked if I would give a session to global employees virtually on sound healing um and so that was one um instance and then our Poland office after that reached out and so I gave a session to the Poland office via you know virtually um to their employees during their wellness week or health week and then um you mentioned uh diversity in in organizations so where I'm working at we also have employee networks and different uh, what we call action streams what we did call action streams are being revamped at the moment and so I along with my colleague um, kind of took charge uh, about a year and a half ago or two years ago of organizing the wellness events and so I was able to you know, lend my ideas and my passion for wellness into, um, you know, providing these, these um, sort of different topics or different um, health and wellness related topics to um, our Hong Kong office and APEC as well. It's so cool. And like often we talk about in diversity and inclusion about bringing your whole self to work and bringing the things that make you uniquely you into the workplace. Mm. And I think you're a great example of being able to do that and bring something in that makes a difference to people, particularly when we're all going through a pretty tough time. So we met because you joined my course, which is called Six Weeks to Get Started in Diversity and Inclusion. What what made you sign up? Like we didn't know each other. Yeah, what, what made you come along? 
So, uh, yeah, and it was fantastic, by the way. Thank you. I learned so much. I think um, definitely throughout my career, in, in, even in Tokyo, I've always had a passion for um, diversity and inclusion. And I would get involved in either employee networks or roll out uh, women's networks within the different, different firms that I worked at. But it was always part of, um, you know, the, on the side. Sometimes employee networks are run by yeah. employees and, and you do that on top of your day to day job. And um, so at the same time, I was also, well, sorry, I was also involved in, in Tokyo as well as here in women's networks, you know, like women in finance networks, um, women in arts, etc. So I, but I always took these for granted because, it, you know, I never got paid for them. I, ne- I never, um, we're employee volunteers yes exactly and I not, not so much that I questioned what I was doing I just I, I did start thinking well you know is can I move into this or is, is there uh, other opportunities that I can can research and I guess I, I didn't give myself the credit of, of, of the work that I had yeah. done in the past and I took your course because I really wanted to learn a bit more to see if, if what I had done over the past 20 years had you know was was, was any of that right <laughs> was, was, you know, where, where did where did that come from was it a passion was it you know is this is this really um I believe it's important and organizations believe it's important. And I guess I wanted to see how I can align that and perhaps move into diverse a role in diversity and inclusion. Yeah. Or it should have, be super cool. Part of my role. <laughs> yeah. It would be so amazing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm. What, um, I guess, what was the biggest learning for you? Like what, from doing that course, what did you take away that you think you'll use into the future? Well, a couple of things. One is um, definitely kind of a, a kindness or, or like a compassion for ourselves like I like I I, yeah. I did a lot over the past 20 years and maybe it's been piecemeal but still it was very important and and I didn't I didn't recognize how much I had actually done over the past 20 yeah. years and so that was just really I feel I'm getting a little emotional <laughs> but you know it, it's to to be able to to provide a platform or an opportunity for others to to succeed or to maybe take the next step um, in their own careers, whether they're female or you know, have a disability or, um, you know, perhaps because of race or gender. So, you know, I, I, I feel like I have helped people throughout their careers, even though it was a volunteering. Mm. <laughs> um, and then um, so that was that was just a real eye opener for me. And that is about identifying your stakeholders as well as the importance of data. There's a lot of data out there and, and, and you know, yeah. our everyday jobs and, you know, how, and volunteering for projects as well. You know, there, there are um, teams that need, want to do different things in diversity and there are projects out there. So it's just a matter of knowing who those stakeholders are, uh, reaching out, saying yes. And then, you know, and, and again, the data, there's some, there's some incredible data out there. Yeah. Within the organization. Thank you. I often, when I'm talking to people who want to move into diversity and inclusion, we talk about those experiences that you've had over your life. Because if you want to move and work into this area, you've probably done stuff because it's part of you. It's part of your values Mm. that you want to help people and you want to give back. So thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Like, where do you want to take your business into the future? So I know it's such um, a beautiful thing that you do for anyone who's 
being part of a sound meditation session. They're beautiful. Um, mm. And I'm hoping you might share one at the end of this episode. Is that possible? I can share, I can share a guided meditation. Sometimes the sounds might not okay. I, need, I would need the, the right setup, but I can definitely share a meditation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll um. do that soon. But, <laughs> but yeah, where do you, where do you see this going? Where do you see your work going? Well, it's, 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 I think I'm at that crossroads at the moment because I've, I've, I've done a lot of community work. I've done uh, a lot of work in the financial industry in terms of wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, and something that I've learned from from your uh, another thing I've learned from your course is you know taking stock of everything that I have done. You know, I, uh, four years ago I I partnered with a, a mental well being um, nonprofit organization. They offered a free meditation, and over a hundred people signed up, and it was in the Hong Kong Stock Exchange building and it was amazing that's (laughs) incredible Uh, yes and um as I mentioned I've you know given sessions to employees and colleagues rather sorry colleagues around the world and um I'm really really interested as well in the the mental well-being um we did a men I organized a men's mental health event recently and it it was really surprising how, how well it took off and, and, and well how well it was received. So whether it's keeping this on the side and and finding more I mean, finding an out regular outlet for the communities, we have a, a, a large refugee population and we have a you know there is a we definitely have communities in need here in Hong Kong and I really want to work more with them. So, uh, or with that population. So I, I have different, I have different <laughs> ideas. I'm getting excited. Sure. <laughs> I have different ideas on uh, what I want to do. You know, and I'm just, I, I, I want to step back, take stock and see where that actually yeah. goes. I know there are, there are roles within organizations in wellness, um, also in diversity where I can bring in the wellness practice, but I also do want to work with, of communities um, that that are that are in need and and create an inclusive you know I want to create a space or or a class that people feel comfortable that they where they can come to and be themselves and just show up and feel safe to to relax or or let go and you know be be okay with whatever might come up for them. It sounds amazing and I can't mm. wait to see where you take this. And so to finish up, I'd like to invite you to lead us in a meditation. Sure, sure. I I also just wanted to say I am going sorry going back to uh, where I want to take this. I I've I've been so um, grateful of the the partnership to the support that I've been receiving um, over my journey. And one of the uh, not necessarily a plug, but you know I, I'm um, Sweaty Betty is a brand that was designed for women by women and for all body shapes <laughs> and I, I feel really grateful that they they support um some of my events and um you know I I went from being completely healthy and um, really fit to mm-hmm. after my surgery just suddenly couldn't couldn't exercise couldn't work out and my body shape as well getting older <laughs> my body shape has definitely changed pre-surgery pre-eye surgery and post-eye surgery and um I'm not the typical yoga body that you know that that is um that we see on Instagram so I feel really I feel really great to work with brands that are inclusive like like Sweaty Betty who can you know outfit me even though I'm not you know so even though nice. <laughs> Yes. So I, I feel, um, you know, there, I think there are um, 
inclusive partnerships as well that um and, and most of the classes that we give are community classes as well so i feel really grateful for those kind of opportunities to further an, an inclusive um wellness community yeah and there's something mm. um really special about collaborating with different brands and different people to mm. create inclusion so thank you for sharing that yeah um, so over to you cheryl Sure. So how about um, three to five minutes of that, or maybe oh, maybe Perfect. around that time? Okay. So if you're out there listening and Lisa as well, I just invite you to, if you're sitting um, both feet on the floor, you may want to put your hands either on your lap or cupped you know, um, just in front of you, just in a comfortable position, relaxing the shoulders. And if you have anyone has the opportunity to be laying down or the chance to lie down and might just get cozy and also just start to relax the body, start to become aware of your breath. And if you haven't already, start to gently close your eyes, keeping the awareness on your breath. I invite you to start being aware of any ambient sounds around you. And returning back to yourself and your breath, bring awareness to how you're feeling at this moment. And on your next breath in, I just invite you to gently slow the breath just a little bit. Keeping awareness, your mind and body. And then we're just going to do a bit of a breath work type of breathing. Breathe in for four, three, two, one, and then breathe out for three, two, one. Inhale, four, three, two, one. And exhale, four, three, two, one. Breathe in and exhale. Breathe in and exhale. And just at your own pace by keeping the breath slow and deep. I invite you once again to become aware of how you're feeling. Sometimes you may begin to experience some emotions, a smile, and the next invite you on your next breath in to become aware of your heart space and your chest. And as you breathe in, 
and out. Feel the expansion as you breathe in. And start to send that expansion outwards when you breathe out. Again, breathing nice and deep, breathing in gratitude, love into your chest and heart space. And when you breathe out, send that gratitude and love outward. And your next deep breath in, keeping that feeling of gratitude and love, just invite you to envision your smile, your chest, your whole body just smiling from the inside. And when you breathe out, send that love, gratitude, and smile outward. You know, the next breath in, still with love and gratitude and a smile as you breathe in. This time when you exhale, send your heart, your love, your gratitude, your smile out to someone who may need a little bit of care or attention or a virtual hug. And on your next breath in, invite you to bring a smile to your face. And exhale. Breathing in, smile, and exhale. I just invite you to, in your own time, bring your breath back to your own pace. Bring awareness to your feet and your toes. You may want to move your toes gently. And your next breath in, bring awareness to your hands and gently move your fingers. And on your next breath in, if it's possible, bring your arms up over your head for a nice stretch. Breathing in deep. When you breathe out, bring your arms down. And on your own time, just gently start to open your eyes. That was lovely. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I always notice how meditations work so well Mm. in the virtual space. Um, Of course, they're better face-to-face, but thank you. Yeah, thanks. They, um, yeah, they are great virtually in person. Uh, there are many apps that, that you, know, you can download or YouTube videos. There's there are a number of resources. And I think that what we, myself included, sometimes we just, you know, don't give ourselves that, that time to slow down and, um, you know, it does wonders for our mind and our, you know, and, and our outlook and, um, just overall health and well-being yeah thank you so much Cheryl and it's been a pleasure having you as part of the course and I wish you well for for what you where you want to take um, your passion in the future 
Great, thank you. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, I'm, you know, I love joining your, your sessions and you do different <laughs> webinars and I really, I really have enjoyed them. They have really made it, you know, just a, been an eye opener and, um, you know, really empowered me with, um, you know, initially I, I thought it was just, I'd be taking the course or learning more about DNI for my professional you know, my, my role in finance or my work in finance, but I really was able to see how diversity can be important. Check out the show notes to learn more about the Culture Ministry's online course, Six Weeks to Get Started in Diversity and Inclusion. At the Culture Ministry, we know how challenging and lonely it can be working in diversity and inclusion, and how progress is often slow You might be just getting started in diversity and inclusion, or you might be on your way. The Culture Ministry is here to help you with your diversity and inclusion progress. Go to www.thecultureministry.com to learn more. If you enjoyed this episode and maybe learned something, please share with your friends on social media, give a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, and leave a comment. This makes it easier for others to find a dog called diversity.